0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message.
1: Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Hallelujah. Well, where did y'all come from? I came in 10 minutes ago. There was three people here. What happened? you got a growing church, don't you? Hey, you can be seated a minute. I want to kind of talk to you about some books. This is a this is one of my newer books how far does the blood go I was teaching this the contents of this book in nineteen ninety I've taught on blood covenant prior to that and taught a couple other lessons and by the way there's a card on my table that's got my picture on it It looks like a business card but it's for tell you how to get on my website and we got over two hundred messages just like with angels I have just barely opened the can give you a sniff of stuff that's all I've got time to do I'm not being uh, mean about it. I'm just telling you there's just a whole lot more to learn. So we do have a book on angels over there. It does not have everything that I know in it because it would be like that thick, you know, know, because we've studied this for 43 years. But my point to you, if you get on my website, there's other single CDs that explain a lot of things I don't have time to get into. I have to select when I go to a church like this or any other church because, you know, I got a lot of material. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I cut that book down, the angel book, because the Lord told me to. He laughed at me. You're not going to have time to preach all that in earth, yeah. Michael. Just cool it. Okay. <laughs> you can say some of the things in my meetings, but sometimes I don't because people don't have the basics, and I don't want to shoot it over people's heads. That's not an arrogant thought. That's a realistic thought. Anyway, this, this so if you get that little card with my picture, you can get it on my website. Everything that's on my website is free. You can't, we're not going to send it to you for free, but you can listen to it. You scroll down through there. I've got several series on angels. Like a tape that's really, I think a good tape is uh, things that angels do. It's not a total list, but it's the things that I felt was most essential to humans. Everybody needs to be protected. Everybody needs to have money. Everybody, you know, and things like that. And there's just a whole lot. And in times of temptation, they will help you. They help Jesus. I don't know if you knew that. But when he was tempted, the angels helped him. Yeah, yeah it's said, more than good it's great. Because I studied him first in his relationship to angels. And if he didn't pay much attention to them, I determined I wasn't either. But he paid a lot of attention to them, and he knew a lot more than most people think he knew. And not everything he did was even written down, the book of John says. So we have an inkling of what some of the things did with angels, but we don't have everything. All right. So anyway, you're going to have to work your way through this, but listen, you could do. What did I tell you? What chapter in the Bible did I tell you you ought to speak to the angels? What chapter was that? Anybody remember? Well, you already know that. <laughs> Somebody else. Psalm 91. Catch up. Come on. That's just one scripture. One chapter, brother. But you should have remembered that I'm going to put you down for possible detention. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I've got to get over this and get out of my funny routine. Could be one of those nights. How far does the blood go? And I had a person in my church that's very close to me who's having all kinds of nightmares, I prayed over her personally. But then I told her to get my book, this book here, uh, How Far Does the Blood Go?, and read it and plead the blood over herself, and she, all that stuff stopped. I don't even have dreams. Very seldom. I only had four or five my whole life. And... Uh, You know, just talking to you. How far does the blood go? It goes into your past, it's in your present, it's in your future. It deals with you spiritually, soullessly, your mind, your will. Now, your mind is where a lot of attacks come from. The devil can't read your mind, but he does, he can shoot thoughts into you. You have to cast them down. You have to speak the thoughts. You can't outthink a thought. Even the ones that God gives you, you've got to say it. Anyway. So this is a good little book on, my, on the blood of Jesus. It was 1990. That's a long way back. Let me think. That's 30-some uh, that's years ago. But I finally put it in print and went back and put it in print. Anyway, then this is just a saying that God gave me. Somebody's anointed to help me. Help you, excuse me. But I say it in first person, and that's true of anything you're looking for. You just have to be perceptive. You know, if that involves a car, that involves a dentist, that involves what you should buy at the drugstore, where you shop, just all kinds of stuff. You, it, the, the list would be endless. But if you don't find the person that's anointed, you'll get something, but it won't be that great for you. But somebody's anointed to help you. <laughs> yeah. And Lord told me, I want you to write those books that I've dealt with you for 20 years. And I said, Well, I don't know how to write a book. And he answered me with one word. When he talks one word answers, I know he's really serious with me. He said, Learn. I said, Can we talk about it? And he said, No, that's what you need to do. You need to learn, Michael. So the first thing I did was pray for somebody to send, for God to send somebody to me that knew more than I about writing a book. Anyway, just kind of interesting. This is our book on deliverance, the same book that's a smaller version, but this is a bigger one. Like for students, we sell it to Bible schools if they call us and want it. And it, just like all my books, every comment I make, i got the scripture to back it up. This one happens to be in Spanish. I, I think some other books are in Spanish. so uh, I can't read Spanish, so I was going to read you the table of contents, but I, <laughs> I can guess it. Yeah, I don't know that. But this has got a lot of good material in it. And you know, if you needed to be, like tonight, let me just say this straight up, you can take it or not take it. It's your decision. But if you really need to be freed from something that's a habit or some kind of mental quirk you got, then I would come up here and say, I think I need freedom. And if you don't, and I pray deliverance over you, it's not going to hurt you. (laughs) But if I don't pray for you and you just wrote it off because you're concerned that we don't know you have issues. Don't take me for a sucker. I know you got issues, but now if you can deal with it, and brother, Hay- brother, uh, brother, Summerall said if you get there's he had seven and I, it's in my this book here seven levels of oppression from the devil, and he said after you could get yourself free on the first five levels, but sometimes people get into a higher level of something the devil's working on you with. It could be depression, could be other things that are difficult to talk about in front of people because you get embarrassed. I don't get embarrassed normally. You could tell the other night. Yeah. I told you about Foo-Foo girl that came to my house. Yeah. <laughs> if you were here, you should have been here. <laughs> you know, anyway. So I, we all these are for sale over there. And then one other last thing, if you get ministered to, you don't have to give it with to me or put it on my tape table before I leave here but you could take one of these. If I prayed for you for something and you walk it out, and say a month from now, you know you got delivered in this meeting or you got healed or, you know, I don't know, there could have been some people got impartations. I know your pastors did last night. Uh, If you just write me, you know, something about your healing or deliverance, you don't have to give me, you know, your relatives, you know, you call somebody that's your relative, how you doing, and an hour later, they're still talking. I went to a doctor for this, I had surgery, I had 27 stitches, I had four something blockage, and they tell you the whole nine yards. You just wanna go, please, just cut to the chase. (laughs) So I'd like to know about it if you do. I would guess one in 10 send me something like this, where if 10 people get healed in a meeting or a convention or something, i probably get only 10%, maybe not that from the people. And I'm not asking you to send me a money or even thank me. I'm just, I want to know what happened to you. You know, even Jesus told people that got ministered, go tell your friends what what the Lord's done for you. Not what I did for you, but what the Lord did for you. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, I, I do have something tonight to talk to you about. Let me explain while I'm getting all my papers out. and Don't let all the papers bug you. I very seldom, if ever, anymore teach everything I I know on any given thing. And this is just the basic thing, you know, that I go by, but there's plenty of other things we could say. I've got some more testimonies to read to you if I have time. And uh, we'll just see how the Lord takes us in that, but uh, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 1, and I'm going to talk through this a minute. Uh, We're going to talk tonight about our authority with angels. Our authority, or maybe better, your authority, my authority, with because if you don't know you have authority, you won't do anything. The, the angels don't move because you think they're cute, or you think they're wonderful. And they're, listen, they are given to us to work for us. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. I'm going to teach this to you, but if you don't, and if you don't take some time to think about what I'm teaching tonight, especially the first part on authority, you won't get it. Because the devil fights you hard in any area where you're, I'm showing you, you're one up on the devil and you're one up on the angels, and you're in a different class. You're a son or daughter of God. The angels are not, right. they're Amen. servants to us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> My book on angels is Angels on Earth. So I made that clear, but I don't think people understand it. I'm not talking about the angels in heaven. I don't even care about the angels in heaven right now. I'm talking about the angels in this planet with me right this second. And all the angels that work with me, they're here with me tonight. Okay, I'm just talking. I wish I had time to talk about my visions, but I can't do both, so I had to narrow it down in my thinking anyway. And then after we talk about our authority, I'm going to talk to you about how you need to release the angels. And, and and you know, uh, Sometimes people ask me how you do that and I say well, you've got to work out your own salvation my friend I can get you started, but you're with God. You need to ask how to do that I say it this way Angels speak from out here into my spirit because they're spirit beings and I'm a spirit being the Holy Ghost speaks from down here out of my belly But it's it's an operation of the spirit or it couldn't be done. That's the only thing can be done in the spirit spiritual operation and so with angels and demons You have authority over both of them. And it might even be more important that you use it against your enemy than against those that are for you. But the angels, the good angels, they're not going to do anything just because God put something in them already. You have to be in agreement with that. And you have to believe. You can't just say, well, Dr. Jacob said, not what Dr. Jacob says; what Dr. Jesus says in the New Testament, and that you're speaking in line with the Word. The main thing they're looking for from you is to hear your voice and to hear your faith in your voice. You know, and some of these things I've been doing for 43 years, I already told you that. Of course, you know, you learn in stages, you learn bit by bit. I didn't know all this 35 years ago. I'd only been studying them for eight years. So I learned this At, at this point in my life. I learned that another point. I learned something easier to do about this or that. I stay open to God. <laughs> and He helps me. But anyway, we, anyway, there's just so much. On these two areas alone, I mean, I could teach for probably several years on demons and angels. Yeah, but I haven't brought up demons much because we're talking about the good guys that are with us. And they're not my buddies. I want you to get that out of your head. They don't come have coffee with you at Starbucks. They don't care what you drink at Starbucks. Or what, you're not going to have a scone and, (laughs) see people get silly. And here's another thing I say, ladies, they're not going to come load your dishwashers. And gentlemen, they're not going to change oil in your trucks with the the flag (laughs) blowing and the shotgun in the window all there. I don't know what people have, a shotgun in the window to show me that for, but I'm not intimidated either. Anyway. Anyway, this was a Brother Hagin prophecy that he gave in 1988, and I got it from somebody, and then I lost it somehow, and somebody got it on the internet and got a new copy for me. I appreciate it. I just want to read what, and he said this in 1988. Uh, There will arise an army, and 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 these are the beginnings of those days, the beginning of the last days. And they will walk in the Spirit, men and women equipped with the power of the Holy Ghost, knowing. They'll learn to walk in the Spirit. They'll learn to join forces with the forces of heaven. And the angels will come and minister unto them. And the angels will come and minister with them. That's what I told you the first time I got open my mouth up here. I have angels that work with me. I'm not saying that to brag. I didn't buy them. I didn't earn them. You got to get all that silliness out of your head. You're not going to impress God much with anything except your faith, your love walk towards people. I'm just talking straight. That's how I think. I, I got rid of all that. You know, I did a good. I'm a good boy, so I deserve it. No, you don't deserve anything. Neither do I. I take what He's offering, and so far I haven't. It hasn't cost me a dime. He just gives everything away to us that are His children. And it takes a lot of the struggle out of your flesh and your mind that's goofy. I read my Bible this week. I'll check that box. Well, good. But, you know, that isn't impressive unless you know what you read and you've got some revelation of it. Then it starts working faith. It has faith given to you. All right. So, and I told you the other day how the angel ministered to me when when the doctor said my blood's all messed up and 20 years before or something like that, 72, 82, 92, 202, 30 years prior, they said that I had Hepatitis C, and they said, what did you take to cure it? And I said, well, I didn't even know I had it. Are you telling me I have it or I had it? We're telling you you had it, but your blood work and your enzymes on your liver said something abruptly stopped it, so what kind of chemo did you take? I said, I got born again, that's the only thing I did last December. This is May of 72, December 71, I got saved. I got born again. They said, what's that? I got born again with Jesus. And the guy said, we don't know nothing about that. And I wanted to say, that's evident. <laughs> you don't know nothing about that. That's the one thing I did different. Were you ever a drug addict? I was full blown addict for three years, a drug dealer and a drug user. And my wife was not a drug addict. If she tells you, don't believe her. <laughs> I said, quit telling people you were a drug addict. You were never a drug addict. I'm the real deal in this, you're not. Anyway, let me just read a little bit here. It said, You learn to join forces with the forces of heaven, and the angels will come and minister unto them. That's unto us, all of us. But they will come and minister with us in some cases because these angels have been put into my life to help humanity. Are you listening to me? <laughs> okay. It says, and then I'm read this little part down here. I skipped around just the orange parts of what I'm reading to you because, it involves some other things that I don't think we needed to say. Hear from heaven, hear from heaven before you step into the pulpit. Hear from heaven before you step on the platform. Hear from heaven before you speak, and you, you shall speak as the oracles of God, and the Lord will confirm his word with signs following. I think I read that scripture in Mark 16, 20 to you maybe one time this week. I don't remember for sure, but what he says, Uh, You know, whenever we're preaching and the Lord confirmed their word, which was his word, by signs following. See, when I preach on a subject, I'm not expecting other things to happen. I'm not teaching you on your marriage that I would have to go a lot of different directions to help you there. And I had to do that when I was a pastor. I didn't have to, but I did it because I was a good pastor. And teaching people how to live right and how to conduct their lives, think right, talk right, raise their kids right talked about money, talked about sex, talked about all that. And I was not embarrassed at all. Now, my wife wanted to put a uh, bag on her head when I talked about sex. <laughs> I'm not going to go there with you. Don't get excited about it. Stop, Stop that. All right. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. I'm just going to go refresh this with this one verse. Are they not all ministering spirits? As we said just before, all the angels have a job description. They're not all fulfilling it because if they were, life would be different in the church than it is. I mean, it's different to some level of the word we have, but if we don't include them, we found out the other night. I talked at length with you about that—that that you're going to face things that are difficult to escape, and you may not escape it because you didn't pay attention to what I taught you. So you're going to have to get your angels working in your behalf. And you can go to Psalm ninety-one. You could just take a you know five-six words and talk to, to release your faith in your voice. To speak to them when, when you say lord you're my refuge you're my fortress the lord is your refuge it, but the angels also hear that and they're taking that into account to do for you to make sure they're your fortress <laughs> okay yeah you don't have to sit and have a major conversation with your angels you don't have to know their name for them to help you I'm just trying to help you some people make things so technical it's a wonder we ever find the floor in the in the morning I'm, I'm serious. People are so compl- complicated. And that's because you don't focus. Yeah. I had kids. I raised them. Yeah, I let them do some sports. But I, I said, you're not going to run me every day of the week, kids. We'll tell you what you can go to and what you can't. That's the way to be. I'm going to be in charge until you get big enough to be in charge of yourself. And I meant what I said and did what I said. Even if it meant you're going to drop that guy because I don't like him. I don't want you fooling with that girl. She's not right. Thank you so much for your warmness. <laughs> if anybody was honest, I'm not. don't raise your hand. You probably wish your dad or mom had told you that before you got messed up with that clown or that girl. And even the people you run with can mess you over. I don't even know if they understand. I don't even think they're that smart to figure out they're messing anybody over. They're already messed up but they'll get off on you if you run with the wrong people. Okay, i got to get back on angels here. Come back to me. Okay, they, are they not all ministering spirits? So they have ministries, and you just have, it's all based on the Word, what they do. I don't just make things up in my head. You know, I've got, I had some pastors I knew, and I told them, you're full of it. Their nurse answer machine said, I'm a God-made millionaire. And he couldn't even pay for food. I had to buy his groceries for him. You're a joke, brother. Stop that nonsense. Where did you get that? I believe in prosperity, but I don't say stupid things like I'm a God-made millionaire when I can't even pay rent. I don't know. Just hold on tonight. I don't know where I'm going. (laughs) And you say, well, that don't pertain to me. Well, good. You're one up on us then. Hallelujah. All right. We're going to talk about our authority. Let me read the rest of this verse. They're sent forth, and by the way, you're sending them forth. God has sent them forth, but if that was just automatically every angel did exactly what he put in them to do, because in the context, he's talking about how the angels minister to us in Psalm 91. He will keep you in all things. You're not talking about keeping himself, God. He's, (laughs) He's God. He's in charge of all. And he's put certain things in it. but we've got to find out how to speak the word to them because they're listening for our voice. They listen listen to my voice, I know, because they've come and told me that many times in 45 years. Sometimes in the hotel room before I came, sometimes in the meeting while I'm speaking. They say something, you know, whatever. It says they've been sent forth to minister for them or us who are, who are the heirs. We're not trying to be an heir. We're, if you're born again, you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. And like I've said, if that won't put you over, honey, I don't have plan B. That's all, it's what you got. Whatever God gave us is more than enough because He's a more than enough God. You follow me? Okay. So just remembering that. Now let's go back to Psalm 8, the book of Psalms. And we'll look at uh, chapter 8 of Psalms in a minute. And I'm going to say some things that maybe you've heard before. I hope you have. But if you haven't, that doesn't mean that I'm wrong just because I'm explaining something. And we have to understand our authority, or we could even use the word dominion. Right. You know, when God originally made man, He, he gave him dominion. Or we could say authority to their... Either word would work. I like dominion better. It seems like that word's more broader to me somehow in my thinking. But anyway, starting in verse 4, Psalm 8, verse 4, What is man? And by the way, he's not talking about male. You know, if a lion, if a tiger ran through the auditorium tonight, you wouldn't be checking for his gender. You'd just be screaming and running. Or you'd be speaking in Jesus' name. You'll not harm me. Either one. But you're not checking the gender. See, so God, when He talks about mankind, that's what He means. He's not just talking about the male portion. The male and the female together make up man. The, the woman is the one with the womb. Alright, that's what we're just saying. So when He says man, unless He's talking like 1 Peter 3 or Ephesians 5, where He talks specifically as a husband, as a wife, that's different, that's specific. That's male or female. But when he talks about mankind, that's all of us together. We're of the race of man. We're the highest thing, the greatest thing he ever made. What is man that you're mindful of him? Think about that. God's thinking about you all the time. And the son of man that thou visitest him, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, I'm coming back to that in just a minute, and crowned him, he's talking about he made him. He says here he made him lower than the angels. That's a bad translation. I'll talk to you about that in a minute. And has crowned him, man, male and female, with glory and honor. Yeah. Thou madest him, the man, mankind, to have dominion over the works of his hands, and put all things under his feet. See, that's why I say, even if you're a mole on the little toe on the left foot, you're still just as much a part of the body of Christ as, you know, the eye or the ear not your position in Christ to determine, but who you are in Him. Yeah, yeah. Right. All right. So here, now this is unfortunate. I think sometimes men were intimidated by the real scriptures, the Hebrews in the Old Testament primarily. And this is the way it should read, made Him Lord of the angels. But the word angels is not the Hebrew word used here. It's the word Elohim, which is the Godhead. It says, in the beginning, God created Elohim created, and you go to Genesis one twenty six. Let us Elohim make man in our image. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and let it give them dominion. So the very first thing He gave mankind when He created Him, He gave Him authority or dominion, and He lists of things He was over everything but the throne. They were over every, the mankind, but you know He sold out to the devil, Him and His wife. I, you know, some want to blame one or the other. I think they're both just, they deserve to the blame. They chose poorly. Remember the Indiana Jones? Okay. I don't sit around and watch Indiana Jones, but I remember that that guy's 150 years old. He's back in a cave. Yeah. <laughs> drink that stuff. Said so he chose poorly. <laughs> he begins to disintegrate, and you watch him. Okay, get back on angels with me. So here we should read it like this. He made this. Is, I wrote it up at the top based on my study. He made man just a shade lower than himself. He made us as man. Are you still here? Okay. So remember, the word here is not the word for angels; it's the word for Elohim, which is the Godhead. Let us Elohim back to Genesis one twenty-six or Genesis one one. Uh, you know he. He made us in His image, in God's image. He put us in a physical body, too, and all that, too, but the real us is spiritual inside of us, our spirit and soul together. But anyway, we're seeing. so He just made man just a shade lower than himself or a shade lower than God. You have authority. You may have authority you've never used before. Maybe you feel odd using it. The devil may talk talk back to you about this. So you're going to have to resist him. What he does, when you do something wrong and you repent, you should be able to walk away from that conversation with God with no guilt. But most people don't because they don't believe God really forgave them. And and I did this one time. You know, I carried the guilt around of the thing I did for two weeks. And the Lord said, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean what am I doing? He said, Michael, you're acting like you're messed up. And you talked to me about that two weeks ago. You haven't accepted the fact that I forgave you yet. Wake up. And then the devil, he'll tell you everything that's wrong with you if you let him talk. What you have to do is bind him. In the name of Jesus, shut up, Satan. Get out of here. Yeah, all right. Now, let us let me go over here to, to Luke 19. I want to show you something here that I think is real interesting. Uh, Luke 19, I'm talking about uh, our authority with angels, but this involves authority. Luke 19 and verse 10. And uh, I, I hope you understand how I teach and what I'm saying here. But anyway, it says here, for the Son of Man, Luke 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man, that would be Jesus, is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now listen, you are not a that. I am not a that. Listen to what I'm saying to you. It'll help you with your Bible. If you don't, you just wander around and all this and it's a maze to you. You can't find the door out. You need to find the right way to think. I'm not of that. That's what that says there, that. He came to seek and save. Jesus came to seek and save that which was What was lost? Man's dominion. And if that's not enough, you can, go, you can just write this down. Revelation 1.18, Jesus, it says of him, I'm the one that was dead, and I'm alive, and I have the keys of hell and death. Jesus has the keys of hell, not the devil. Jesus has the keys of hell and death. But you're not a that. And the Greek language is so specific that they don't make stupid mistakes like that. I'm not a that. When God thinks of man, he doesn't think of us as a that. He thinks of me as Michael or Pastor Marcus or Dr. Hattaball or whatever your name is. He thinks of you as a human being that's been made in his image. And he's wanting to bless you and take you beyond where you've ever dreamed. It's not bullying people, but you're in charge of the spirit world out here. Good and bad. Maybe ugly too, but some. (laughs) You just got to take authority over that. All right. So we're seeing this starts our our thinking about our authority. So Jesus came to get our authority back. You know, I think, you know, I don't remember the guy's name. I'm not going to slander anybody by giving you a name. But he had a story about, you know, Jesus in a ring with the devil, and the devil hit Jesus, and he fell down. Jesus got up and hit him. Where are you getting that, brother? That's not scriptural. No, the the Bible says that Jesus put, hit him in the head one time, and that took him out as far as his authority over human beings at that point. He's still in hell, and he grabbed the keys to hell and death from the devil and took it up with him when he rose from the dead. It wasn't like blow for blow. Like Jesus doesn't take that long to do what he needs to do. You know, one time i tell you what I did because I found out gee, Satan is under my feet. So I wrote these st- sticky tabs and taped them on the bottom of my shoes. I should have done it before it came night. It'd be more potent to you. <laughs> I wrote, you're defeated, and I'm not, ha-ha. Read all you want. I just walked around for about a week or two with that under my... Because under, he's looking up to read what I put on my sh- under my shoe. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, the devil rubbed my face and everything. When I was a drug addict, I was hooked on everything but phonics. <laughs> I kid you not. I'm not even going to tell you some of the things I was hooked on. You couldn't handle it anyway. Paul. I was a messed up young man. So you're going to have to realize that you have this kind of authority. You must, we must teach scriptural reality in this because you can't act on what you don't know. Think about that. You're a joint heir with Jesus. You're not a sub heir. I think when I tell people they're a heir, in their head, they're thinking, well, I'm somewhere in there. No, you're a join heir with Jesus. You get what He gets. You have His authority in this man. He gave you His name, His blood, the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit, minister gifts to feed you and get you up in maturity. And then He gave you a Bible too, you know, to read it and study with us and grow up into what He has for you. It's pathetic when people get old and they've never mastered the devil yet. He just drives them into whatever he can. It's not all just ugly sin. If I name some things, you know what I mean. But sometimes it's just they're intellectual people. I'm going to say this to all of you here. You can have a good education. When I was a pastor, I taught my people to get a good education. If you're going to be a mechanic, go to mechanic school. If you're going to be a doctor, be a doctor. But you're going to have to study for a long time to get there. But you ought to be the best that you could be in your field. But get out of your head. Your head will make you goofy. You have to get into your spirit and get, put your head to the side and when it comes to spiritual laws to put them in motion. Because your mind thinks, well, you know, you're kind of limited in how you think. And the Bible says in Psalm seventy-eight forty-one, they limited God. We can limit Him. I don't know if you... See, you still have authority. You could say, God, I'm not going to do that. And you might get in trouble with Him, but you're not going to do it. so don't, You don't do it because you have authority to turn it down. But see, you put God on hold when you do that. He could do it, but you said no to that because you can't believe for that. You think God can get me out of debt? No, I know He can get you out of debt because He got me out of debt. You think God could change my life? Yes, because He changed my life. I was a burnout drug addict. I don't think you realize what I was back then. And you wouldn't have probably liked me back then. (laughs) Maybe you would have, I don't know. If you were another drug addict, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't go there in your mind Alright let's go to Romans 8 And I'm going to Whoever's doing the I need an amplified Bible on this Romans eight sixteen and 17 I'm going to go over there with you I'm still talking about authority for the moment And we're going to go to Romans chapter 8 And I think it's verse 16 and 17 Okay Oh they got it up here for me Thank you It's an amplified classic Remember that is that's the one that I said was the most closest to the Greek. Now, I'm not making fun of people and acting like I'm all that in a bag of chips, but I'm saying to you, uh, the Amphide Classic was the original one they come out with, and it was a lady that did most of the work on that. You ladies ought to get excited about that. It, what, whatever people they put on there helped it, there might have been people, but the lady that did it, I forget her name, it's in the front of the Amplified Classic. And now they've changed it, in there's six or seven translations of Amphi, but not the classic. The Spirit Himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are the children of God, verse 17. And if we are His children, then we are His heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs, or joint heirs, the same thing, with Christ, sharing, listen, sharing His inheritance with Him. You and I, he is sharing what he did for us to us. He gives us our place of authority in Christ because we're in him now. And secondly, I want to point out something so you don't get confused. But we must share his suffering. That word suffering has nothing at all to do with sickness or disease. Nothing. It's a different word in the Greek altogether if you're sick. It's not this word for suffering right here. At least you think you've got to suffer. You'll suffer because if you're a word person, people that want to be, you know, goofy and not believe God for anything say, well, I don't know, God used to do something back then, but he he died. I don't know what you're thinking, you know what I mean? No, he's, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we could believe him, we could have what he says. But I wanted you to know this word suffering has nothing to do with you being old or weary or tired. But it's talking about persecution that comes to the body of Christ for sharing like what I'm talking about tonight. You know, I could tell you there's 45 churches in this city that would pull the plug on me already, just from what I've already said. They would shut me off and say, you leave our church, Dr. Jacobs. Where'd you get your doctorate anyway, Target? No. (laughs) I'm a studious man, but I'm not an intellectual person. I made myself beat, and of course I never was either. I wasn't the greatest student when I was in high school. I was chasing girls and fighting. And that's not good either for me. Both is not good for me. So I'm just being honest with you. But I've done my part of studying over these many, many years, 40-some years, and I dug stuff up, dug stuff, studied hard and trying to figure all this out. And I I realized that this word suffering, because when I first read it, there was a twinge of something left in me as a denominational kid. And I looked it up and it said it doesn't have anything to do. It's not a word that's associated with sickness, disease, or weakness. It's a word associated with pressure due to uh, people talking about you or people running you down because you want to be a word person. You know, and let me say, that stuff on your refrigerator, that doesn't make you a word person. <laughs> and, you know, it takes more than a couple of little good scriptures up that we but we we can get excited because we're joint heirs with Jesus. Yeah. I mean, Jesus even said, nobody takes my life from me, I give it. And he already knew if he was going to die or not. And when you think about him dying, he shut his mouth because he had a right to claim immunity from death because he lived perfect in the old covenant. He was immune from all that, that he suffered, but he's doing that for me and you. Making sense to you? He died on the cross for you and me, yeah. all of humanity. And everything that comes against us, he bore it. All the mental illness, all the mental stuff, all the emotional stuff that you get into. So, and like even TV programs like, what is that one I said with the scarves? What's that called? Hallmark. Hallmark. Oh, that's an emotional roller coaster, brothers. <laughs> huh? No, it's not a God channel. <laughs> My wife used to like watching them, and I watched them with her, and I cried at the same time, too. But in, <laughs> I just wanted you to know, I, but I didn't let that control me. Yeah. They, because after a while, I realized they were leaning towards uh, uh, sexual, gender stuff, LBGQ, whatever it is. I don't even know all the initials anymore. And so I just quit watching it. I don't, want to, I don't want to see boys kissing boys and girls kissing girls. And the more you see it, the more it works on you. Even if you're not that way, it's trying to get your attention. And I don't watch horror movies either. Okay. So we're sharing his inheritance, Jesus, inher- with us. He shared. When he raised up and seated there, you and I got seated right there with him. I'm going to read you that in just a minute. But let's move on here. We're talking about authority so let 's go to first peter three, and that't don't, you don 't have to put that up in the amplified but let 's you guys here so turn with me if you have your Bible want to turn first Peter chapter three, and we 're going to read the last couple of words in verse twenty one and then verse twenty two you getting anything out of this oh, yeah. you 're going to have to go over these scriptures regularly to realize that you have authority again i 'm not talking about you talking um, I'm not talking about you trying to manipulate people. When you do that, you're being a witch or warlock, whatever. You're being a manipulator. That's not why we have authority to manipulate people. We have authority to deal with the things in our life that come against us that are not in line with the covenant and rebuke that stuff out of our life. And then to get in the Bible and renew our mind with what we're saying we believe and stay with it. I don't know some people just say they don't want to stay with it I probably pastored 200, two hundred two thousand people in my lifetime, but only end up with the church of 150 200 One time it's at 300 but none of them would pray with me hardly Yeah, I had 300 people when I put, I put a picnic on I had 400 people because they brought all their cousins and their neighbors and... No, I'm really, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not lying. I'm not mad about it. I forgave all those people. I No, really I said, I need you to come pray with me as your pastor one night a week. Give me two hours. If you can't give me two hours, don't come. I'll throw you out after the first night. If you leave early, you're going to give me two hours or don't show up. I had 320 people in my church. Seven people showed up. That includes me. Six people and me. <laughs> and we prayed for seven years with the same seven people. And it'd be 400 when I had a pizza party. Everybody would eat my pizza and eat my chip. <laughs> eat my hamburgers and hot dogs. They didn't have time to pray with me five minutes. That's what the body crisis really like sometimes, which is pretty sad, I think. It wasn't like I asked them to do something major. I just said, come and pray with me. For, give me two hours. I'm going to take an hour and teach it, an hour to pray. And if you feel like I, you haven't got a remedy when you leave, just go to your car, drive home and pray it out for me. I'm not going to keep you for four hours. I said two hours. But if you can only give me 90 minutes stay home, I don't need you. This is a committed group. Okay, I'll let that go, but I just told you what I thought about it. And eventually we went to 40 after 15 or 16 years, but anyway. Okay, First, first Peter 3. Help me, Jesus. He talks about so i'm reading the last part of 21 of jesus christ because i'm identifying who he's talking about in verse 22 who jesus christ is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of god angels and authorities notice it's plural all the angels all authorities and all powers being made subject unto him well if all angels and authorities and powers have been made subject unto jesus and i'm a joint heir with him he's the head and i'm the body The head can't do anything without the body. I don't know if you realize that. You know, Jesus doesn't come back in here and just fix everything for us. He's already given us his word and the blood and the Holy Ghost to cut a covenant with us and help us get into a place of authority to take care of this where we live and how we do what we do. But what I'm showing you is if angels, plural, authorities, plural, and powers are subject to Jesus, they've got to be subject to me because I'm a joint heir with him. Now, that's a little hard for you if you're carnal. Good. So if you don't go down too easy to easy compute, just stay with it, and you'll taste good after a few days. Right. 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 Angels, authorities, and powers are made subject to us because Jesus is the head, and we're his body. Right. And we're joint heirs with him. So that encourages me. I don't know. It should encourage you. Right. Okay. Good. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13 a minute. 1 Corinthians 13. And I know you appreciate this. I'm not trying to belabor it, but I'm just trying to take you through some things that I know that I think will help you. First uh, Corinthians 13 and verse 11, it says, when I was a child, or I'd like to put it in my way of thinking, when I was immature, I spoke that way as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. So notice the first thing that happens when you're immature, the way you talk. Unless people's afraid to talk in front of you, that'd be different. But some people are just afraid to open up because they know when they start talking, we're going to see what, where they're really at. I'm not beating anybody up. I'm just talking to you a minute. But he said, when I became a man or I matured, I put away childish thinking. And what I'm teaching you is definitely not for the, it's for the beginners if they have a big enough heart to grab a hold to it. But see, not everybody teaches this. Not everybody believes that. There's a big group that does. Brother Hagin believed this. Lester Summerall believed it. You heard when he was somewhere in the world, I think he was in Switzerland, the devil came in his room and shoved his bed over to the side and he jumped out of the bed and said, You leave me now. And then he said, No, come back. Put my bed back. I love it. He made him come back and put his bed back where it was originally. Because Dr. Summer had authority over him. Hallelujah. And one time they told me Smith Wigglesworth was asleep and he woke up and the devil at the end of his bed he said, oh, it's only you. Went back to sleep. Now, I'd have some far-fetched for you if you're scared of, uh, you know, mosquitoes or something. I don't know. We've got to grow up in this, but it changes the way we think. It changes the way we talk. And I'm just sharing it with you in hopes that you would just come with me to get into that position as a joint heir with Jesus. You already have it um, scripturally, but you have to walk in it, and that takes some strength to do that every day. Yes. And sometimes you try to share with your closest of friends, and they all rebuke you. You're crazy. You're a heretic. Well, I put, based what I've taught you on the Word, if you're paying attention. Yes. And just remember this, where you tried to talk to me after the service that I'm wrong. I got three scriptures in this pocket, three in this pocket, one tucked into this ear, two under my shoes, and one on my bottom of my shoes. <laughs> And I wouldn't be teaching like this if I didn't know what I was talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So we're going to put away childish things and grow up. Let's go over to Ephesians now, to Ephesians chapter 2. Keep going back to the right because we were just in 1 Corinthians. Go to Ephesians 2. And we're just about done with the first part, but the second part is really important too, I think. Uh Ephesians chapter 2. All right, let's look at this, 5 and 6. Even when we were dead, that's not talking about physically dead. We were spiritually dead to God. We were dead in sins, and he hath quickened us. And the word quickened is a word that means made us alive. Us, He made us alive together with Christ. See, I said when he got raised from the dead, you got raised from the dead. He says, By grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together, verse 6, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that's our position of authority. We are seated with him. God raised us up with him in heavenly places. Go to chapter 1, and I thank the people, whoever's doing that for me, you're going to pull that up in the Amplified Classic. I think I said verse uh, 21 through 23. Well, you guys are fast back there. Far above all, this is our place of authority. He told us we've been seated with him, but then chapter one tells us where that's at. Notice that far above, not barely over, <laughs> far above all rule, and all authority, and all power, and all dominion. I'm adding that in, and every name that's named, not only every name title that can be conferred, not only in this age, but in the world, it, but and in this world, but also in the age and the world which we are to come to. Yep and hath put all things under his feet, sounds like he, it sounds like Psalm 8 again, yes. and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church. Now watch this. A headship exercised throughout the church. What does that mean? That means whatever Jesus has as the head of everybody, we share that with him throughout the whole church, even if you're the little mole on the little toe on the left foot. Right. I don't know how to go much lower. I'm just rationing a headship exercise through the whole body. You Get a hold of that. He's given us his authority. Go back to verse 22 just for a minute, please. Thank you. He's the supreme head of the church, a headship exercised or operated throughout the whole church. That means every one of us. You know, you, grow, you you had impartations when you first came out of your mother's womb. Your mother, you know, she imparted to you your dad, your relatives, your friends, whatever books you've read, whatever movies you've watched, wherever you went with people to party or not party or whatever you've done. See, and they were all imparting to you, let this impart something to you. You know, because sometimes parents didn't know how to raise their kids with um, security. You know what I'm saying? I remember when my daughter, she's older, she's 42 now, she was 13, I put her on the couch and said, I wanna to talk to you, honey, about something important. Your daddy's been your daddy, I'm gonna always be your daddy, but I've been I've been able to carry you when I wasn't able to do it with my faith. If you got sick, I took you to the doctor. So I'm not a nut, just so it helps you know I'm not a nut, just so you know that. Yeah. But I said, here's the deal, you get about 2021. 20, I'm not gonna be able to believe for you constantly because I'm your father. I could believe with you in agreement, and we could agree the rest of my life and yours, but you're going to have to wear some Bibles out like I have. And I told my son the same thing when he turned 13. Was that important? It was important to me to talk to him. Listen, I will carry you and use my faith, but I'm, I, God's not going to let me carry you when you're 37. Unless you're in the Bible too, and you could, I can get an agreement with you. I know people don't like to hear that, but that's what God's telling you. Just what I'm telling you. If you get a little older, you'll find out He's going to require more of you. You yeah, know, just trying to help us. Okay, let's go ahead to verse 23. Then, thank you for doing that. Which is His body. This this authority went through His whole body. The fullness of Him who fills all in all for in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete. Oh thank you. And who fills everything everywhere with himself. You know you ought to ask him something. Say, I received that Father, you're filling me with you today. And then I talk to my body, you're I'm I'm breathing in fresh anointing and I'm receiving pressure that only goes into every cell in my body, into my skeletal system, and the power of God works in my brain to regulate any hormones that I need to have in my system. And then I talk to my body about things, and I talk to angels. Father, I thank you for the angels you have assigned to me to keep me safe from all injury, harm, or destruction, like I taught you last night, I think it was. Yes. feel like I've been here a month. I guess I must like you. <laughs> I wasn't saying that as a put-down. I kind of like you guys. All right. So we're seeing something here. One more scripture, and I can take you. I think you can, if I explain it, I think you can get it. If you can't, just put it on the table. You'll like it later. 1 Corinthians 6. Hallelujah. I remember when the Lord talked to me about this. I was in Evansville, Indiana in a meeting, and I had a little... It was a, like a, a small hotel, but it did have a couch on it that was comfortable. And I was sitting there meditating that afternoon on what I was going to teach that night. And I saw this scripture in 1 Corinthians 6 and 3. And I'm going to talk to you about it a minute. And hopefully you can take it. If you can't, just put it to the side. And maybe someday it will feel better. Know you not that we shall judge angels how much more things that pertain to this life. So he's talking about angels in that life that's in the spirit. But now here's the thing. I said to the Lord, Lord, I think there's something in this that I don't see or understand. And I think you're talking about something in the future. And I believe that's true. I think some of that's in the future. But he said, then he asked me a question. When he asked me a question, I always know he's getting ready to reveal something to me. You know, learn to to know your pattern. When God asks me a question, I know he's trying to get something over to me. I'm going to have to think with him. So he said to me, Michael, will you have any more spiritual authority when you get to heaven than you have right now? So I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm thinking about that. And finally I said, no, I don't think so. He said, you're right. So even though this is a future event for the whole body of Christ to judge angels in some way, and might be to judge them about how they worked with you or did not, but he said you he said you remember what it's like this is what he said to me you remember what it's like to stand before a judge and uh, well yes sir I do when I was a teenager I about got sent to reform school that's not a good report either and he said he's he's this is what he said to me when you stand before a judge he or she has authority over you. And I said, yes, sir, I understand. I wrote down just what he said. And he said, they are elevated even in the natural, in that room, at a desk that's higher than everybody else in the room. I said, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And he says, because they represent authority to release you or confine you. Then I saw it. He's telling me, he said, you, you could judge them right now. You do every day, whether you real. You just didn't realize it. You're judging spiritual beings around you because you're either releasing them to work for you or you're restraining them. And you're doing without them. Think about that. You have to do that. I can't do that for you. You have to do that. I know that means you've got to be a big boy, big girl, but you know what I mean? You just need to grow up. And realize if you don't say the right words to activate these angels, though you have authority over them, the ones that he's delegated to be a part of your life, they're not able to do anything because you're not in agreement. And sometimes, you know, God tries to give us things that are beyond our capability and our limited mind to think, how could He do that? I don't think that anymore. I just think, thank you. <laughs> if He tells me I can do it, I thank you. I have more miracles now than I've ever had in my life. I'm 73. I'm more busier now than I've ever been in my life for God. I mean, you can look on my schedule and you see what we're doing. I'm doing things a little smarter just recently, putting several meetings together. And I thank you, pastors, for having me, because I had to make three trips out here to California. I like California, but I didn't want to make three trips, just three different (laughs) trips. So I called some of my friends, uh, Pastor Debbie Simons, and talked to her. And uh, I think Sean maybe did that for me. My guy works for me. But anyway, and then she was having me, and then Pastor Jennifer and uh, Trevor, thank you forever to have me for one day one day so it just worked out but see what I'm trying to say is you know you've got so many limiters on you don't let that do that to you get open to what God has for you even though it sounds that's just too good to be true don't say that it's not too good to be true it's just too good for the way you're thinking because you're limiting him in your thinking let God grow up on the inside of you and you'll start catching on to things you could have all right. So remember, you're a judge. Think about this. You're a judge every day. Whether you've got an elevated position, which you do, and you've got a gavel, whether you're going to say, okay, that's it, I dismiss, But you're going to either release your angels to work for you or you're going to confine them and restrict them where they can't help you. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be your call, not God's call. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Then you've got to think about it. You mean to tell me, Dr. Jacobs, I can have victory every day of my life? Yes! <laughs> You get have victory every night you go to bed. Yes. You can be protected and blessed and taken care of. The angels will go out. They cannot preach the gospel, but they can influence people to help you. Somebody's anointed to help you in every area of your life. You may not have realized that yet, but you have favor. And sometimes I've had real favor with people that didn't like me. I didn't care much about them either. Yeah, Truth. I'm a good man. I like people, but anyway. (laughs) Okay, now I'm starting in the second phase of my message. Let me see where I'm at, 8.15. What time do we come, 7? You guys aren't saying amen quick enough or (laughs) something. You're eating, I know. All right, let's go to Ecclesiastes. Can anything good come out of Ecclesiastes? Okay, that's a great question me go to psalms go back I think the psalms <laughs> I may be wrong on this uh, let me see here oh, it might be after psalms and proverbs it is after psalms and proverbs is Ecclesiastes help me Jesus to get this right chapter 5 and what, what is, I've got five or six scriptures I want to talk to you right now about how do you release the angels and by the way you're releasing them I'm not releasing them for you yeah. because I don't have that kind of authority now, sometimes, now listen to me carefully as a prophet. God, is, in the last two years, He's been telling me to prophesy over different people about an angel being assigned to them, like I did to your pastor last night, to Pastor Marcus De La Cruz. I like the way that sounds, De La Cruz. I like that last name. I'd like to have a name like that. That's cool. <laughs> it rolls off my tongue. De La Cruz. <laughs> But, now see, I'm going to tell you something here. We need to realize that the angels are voice activated. That's how you activate them, by your words. You have to speak words that they could do something about. I'm going to share this with you, but I'm going to share this first. And then I watched something one time, which I don't watch MTV. I want to make that clear to you. (laughs) But I'm in my living room, and I'm flipping through the channels, and all of a sudden these two guys are in... I don't have that kind of car now, but I did have a BMW, a 7 Series. It was a wonderful vehicle and a very expensive vehicle back in that time of my life. And I mean, the body of Christ really hated me over that car, I'm telling you. They really did put me to it. Not my sons, but the church, just, you know, people, they're just so little thinkers. I wasn't trying to impress anybody. If you're doing anything to impress anybody, you're wrong. If you're doing what God told you you could do, you're right. So I found found that car down in Nashville. A lady pulled up in one, and I'm standing there waiting for him to bring my car. And the Lord said, "You look, I like that car you're looking at." I said, "Yeah, I do." He said, "Well, go over when she gets out and goes into motel, and just look around. Don't open the door and don't get in it. You're liable to get arrested." (laughs) But check it out, and I checked it out. He said, when you get back to Louisville, you can go drive one, see if you like one, and if you like one, I'll help you pay for it. Back in then, it was like trying to buy a half-a-million-dollar house. I think it was $80,000 for that car. But back then, 80000 You know, it's about one hundred twenty today for the same car. Anyway, I'm not trying to impress you with that. I'm going somewhere with this comment. So there's two. there's two rappers. Y- you know... African-American brothers, and they're talking about their crib. (laughs) You take you up to their house, and they talk about their ladies they've had up there. It was really trashy. These guys are too trashy. But I want to tell you, so I'm going to watch it for a minute. I'm not going to listen to all their cussing, I don't think. But he just drove off the lot with the 7-series black one just like mine, black inside, black outside. So this is what I said out loud. I'm going to see what these jokers have got. And he, they start down the street now. In that particular BMW, you have a single CD player in the middle of the dash, and you have a six CD player over here that goes into your dash. You push it in, and it goes click. Then you can't you you can't. There's no button to turn that on. You got to go to your your little. And they have a book that's as big as my Bible on that car, but they have a little mini book that's a cheat sheet. You turn to CD players, and it tells you on your on your steering wheel. They'll have a little voice thing. Hit it, and when it comes on, say, I want, track, I want tape three and I want track four, and it'll figure all that out for you and play exactly what you told it to play. So I'm watching these guys. You talk about, I mean, I call them thugs with money. <laughs> thugs with money, just thugs. They're just gangsters. They think they are anyway. So he goes down the street, and he sit, he starts cussing the car. I mean, he did a pretty good job. I've been cussed worse than that, but anyway, he did work. <laughs> And he took his feet and he started kicking his dash of a eighty or uh, $90,000 car. I don't remember. It was eighty when I bought it. And he said, turn this car around. I'm going back to that manager. I'm going to whip him. And I thought, oh, my God. So I, I said, yelled at the TV, you got to read the book, stupid. <laughs> the, little, the little book, it has CD changers. You flip it over and it tells you, step number one, push this button, talk, say this, and it'll do that for you. And when I said, you got to read the book, stupid, the Lord said, that's what my people do to me, Michael. They don't read the book. They just try to make something happen because they think they should be talking, but they didn't base it on the word. So they're not reading the book. I even got a revelation from MTV. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't encourage you to watch it. It's trashy. It, the way they talked about women, the way that, and you, when you went to their home, they had a, you know, filmed crew doing like a little documentary. They had a, they had a, they had a, a Mercedes. They had a Maybach, which is made by Mercedes. At that time, they were three or four hundred thousand. And they had, uh, you know, I don't know what all the other cars you call Rolls Royce. They had all kinds of fancy cars up there in their driveway, and they're just as nasty as could be selling their dope and wanting to be with women that they shouldn't be with. But I went ahead and watched it to a point, point. then he got, got where he's cussing again, and he'd go back, back to the BMW. I turned it off, and I learned something, and the Lord said, that's what my people do. They don't read the book, but they try to talk right, but it's not helping because they're not in line with my word. In other words, you know, that cheat sheet, that little mini book he had, I call it that because we've been taught about mini books, it was on my car, but it had little little clips that came out that said CD changers. Turn there and read that. Just a paragraph told me how to do it. Or my telephone. I would push a button and I could talk. Oh, so and so for me. And the phone rang. It's in my car. I can talk without taking my hands off the wheel. Really nice car. But anyway, got to read the book. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So these angels are voice activated. I got a revelation from that, from that little stunt I saw him do on MTV. Chapter 5 of Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 first. Keep your foot when you go to the house of God and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Now notice it says, let me point out some. It says the house of God. So I went just to, to get a more revelation. I thought of 1 Timothy 3.15. It says, the house of God is the church. So we could say, look, I'm talking about from the New Covenant standpoint, First Timothy 3.15. So we could say, keep your foot when you go to church and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Now this is talking about when people talk foolishly. Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart be hasty, hasty to utter before God, for God's in heaven and you're upon the earth, therefore let thy words be few. I understand all that, and then go down to verse six. Suffer not thy mouth to cause your flesh to sin; neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Now, where are they at? I already told you. They're a church, and he said, "Don't say before your angel." So an angel was assigned to that church, and he's listening, just like there's an angel assigned to this church. Pastor Marcus is going to be the one to talk to him because he's the head authority here in the local church. You know, Jesus is a head thing over all of us, but in a local church, the pastor's a head guy, and he would have to speak to that angel. The angel was in church waiting for them to say something he could do, but he's, he's talking here about they were talking so incorrectly. He said, Don't say before your angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of your hands? Now, let me say, God is not destroying the works of your hands. He's never been a destroyer. That's the devil. But John, John hadn't been written yet. John, John, John. John 10, 10. Yeah, yeah. Remember Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly, the Greek says, until it overflows. Yeah, yeah. So I correct that theology from this, because, you know, we're, the level they were living in back then, you have to understand, you know, they were fallen t- creatures. And they thought everything that happened, God was behind. But that's not true. He wasn't like that in the Old Testament either. So this helps us to understand angels go to church and angels are wanting to hear right words They could be activated to help with the church. Like like the pastor, I'm just talking to him right now. He could say every day, the angel that's over my church, it doesn't matter where you're located at, Is if you have a New Testament church and you're a New Testament pastor. I pray for the help of my angel to go encourage people to see my church sign, encourage people to come. They can't preach the gospel, they can encourage people to come to your church though. I mean, several years ago, I had an override and I, I built an extra thing on my sanctuary. I think it was 36 feet by something, and, it, and we went way, way over budget. And, but it wasn't my fault, but I own everything anyway. You know, my name's on everything. If people get mad and leave the church, I still gotta pay for the whole thing. Yeah. How many understand what I just said? So don't act like I'm a heavy-duty guy. Yeah. I'm just a guy that ended, uh, needed about $70,000 more than I had. So, this guy shows up at my church. I don't even know him. I, I go out to the foyer not to meet him, but I saw him, as well as some other visitors. I tried to talk to him. He acted like, leave me alone. His wife came over and his two sons. They acted real sweet, but he acted like he didn't want nothing to do with me, which was fine. I, you don't have to like me. But he came in one Sunday between morning and night service and put a check in the door, $43,600. Whoa. I was excited that came, it didn't cover all that I still owed but it covered a big portion of it. And then he came back the next Sunday and he brought a check for 12500 He read my little, I have sent him a little thank you card just to him and his wife just to be sweet and say, I'm believing, I said I don't think you knew anything about us being overdriven driven in the, the building project because you don't belong to our church, you're just a visitor but God must have spoke to you and I appreciate your help and I believe God will multiply your seed sown. When I got home that Sunday morning, that was on my, uh, yeah, Sunday morning after I went to lunch, came home, it's on the machine. Dr. Jacobs, I got your card that said, you're believing God to multiply my seed sown and the next envelope I opened was from where I work in Houston, Texas. I'm in Indiana, but he works in Houston. But he, he, he's he got a lot of money. He said, my, church, my, my business there Gave me as a bonus this year a $125,000 check. That's a bonus. <laughs> so he ran through the house telling his wife, we got to get 12500 to Dr. Jacobs. <laughs> and what I did is I told my staff and my secretary, Don, I said, find out how much we still owe on anything that's outstanding. We owe thirteen more more. So other things were coming in too. But this guy, that year he was the biggest giver in my church. And he don't even belong to the church i called him and said listen i'd like to talk to you straight he said go ahead i said you know i appreciate your money i appreciate you what you and your wife did to help me but really you need a pastor more than a pastor needs your money you ever thought about that yeah but i'm i'm not gonna do anything about it i said you're not well i said if you don't like me there's other pastors you can go to and see if you like one of them i'm not i'm not trying to get you to be my member if you're not interested but i'm not interested my kids play hockey or whatever soccer on sunday we're busy He's got a lot of money, but he's a failure. Are these going on out? What we're teaching go anywhere? Oh yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> anyway, praise God. I gotta move on here. I gotta watch what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I appreciate. I said I appreciate you, and he read my thing, and then he said he, he felt like that came because I said I believe God multiply your seed on, and he got this huge a check from his company as a bonus. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So angels go to church, and they're wanting to hear the right thing, not hear something that's an error to them. All right. Let's move ahead now to Daniel 10. I'm talking about how you activate. We activate by speaking to them. Daniel 10. Look at this with me a minute. Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12. And that happens to be my amplified scripture now. Uh, Daniel 10 and 12. Well, you... Whoever's doing that, is that you right there? <laughs> you get thumbs up, girl. That's pretty good. You're quick. I know Pastor asked me the references so I he, he can give them to you. You're doing a great job. Get a book off my tape table or it was a blessing. Would you please anything you want? <clears throat> then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your mind and heart to understand and to humble yourself before your gods, your words were heard... And I have come as a consequence of response to your words. So the angels respond to our words. Now, here's one man, and i got something to say about this, because people always try to trick me that aren't thinking right, that are mean about stuff. I know you don't believe there's mean people in churches. What's wrong with you? You don't believe it. You probably know some. Yeah, I'm just telling you how people act. So I was teaching this, you know, and somebody came up, a smart aleck guy. Hey, well, I'm not a prophet. Are you? And I said, well, yeah, I happen to be a prophet. But what do you mean you're not a prophet? Well, that's Daniel. He's the prophet. So I went home and I said, Father, I want you to give me a verse that would slap him right upside the face. Can you do that? He said, I got one for you. I said, oh, I can't wait. Go. (laughs) And a lady came to me after the night I just taught that for the first time which is 40 years ago. Well, let me see. My church is 38. had been before that, so it would be 39 years ago probably. I can tell she had a burr under her saddle. She said, well, I don't believe that. I said, well, honey, I can't help you. <laughs> you're not going to believe the Bible. That's not going to work not believing it. You have to believe it. Right. She said, well, I don't believe my words have that kind of authority. I said, well, you're wrong. What kind of Bible you got? She said, a King James. I said, open it up and read it to me. So. She read it and she still didn't believe it i said why well, you're just taking sides against the word it's not going to work for you i can't fix you unless you decide to get in agreement with the bible yeah. anyway so the lord said to me i got a great scripture and no, i didn't mean really slapping him upside the face but something that would help people that are see now let me show something why that disturbed me i don't understand why anybody you included that's a believer would want to talk yourself out of the blessings of yeah. God. I don't understand that. Yeah, I, understand. I think you've got a, something's wrong in your head. Come on. Why do I get in agreement with somebody like me that wants to believe for it?
0: Yeah.
1: Or your pastors, they want to believe for the good things of God. Yeah. But some people just sit around looking for something to pick up out. And he said, well, you're, if you're not a prophet, that wouldn't pertain to you. And I said, Father, you've got to know something that I don't know yet. Yeah. He said, I do. And I said, okay, where's that? Luke 7, 28. Let's turn there. <laughs> I'm almost excited, just I feel like I get to rebuke the guy even now, he's not even here. (laughs) But that's the way I think, and I'm not trying to be mean, really. I'm trying to understand why somebody would try to get out of a blessing and attack me and say, you know, if we're not all prophets, that wouldn't pertain to us. And I said, I don't think that's right, I think you're wrong. And I know that guy's an Old Testament prophet, but I don't know how to explain it any further. So this is what Jesus gave me, Luke seven 28. You're going to be thrilled when I show it to you. For I say unto you, among those that are born of a woman, there's not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. So he was greater than all the Old Testament prophets, according to Jesus. And he says, but he that's least in the kingdom, the mole on the little toe on the left foot, is greater than he. Why? Because you're not just born of a woman, you're born of the Spirit all the old testament prophets they weren't born of the spirit they were born just through regular production of children came through the womb of a woman but they weren't they weren't new birth people they weren't in the kingdom of god they were not spirit-filled the spirit came on some of them th- systematically to help run things but they were not filled like us they didn't pray in tongues <laughs> so anyway so this settled it for me and i shared that everywhere i went since then people I did appreciate what i'm teaching like all of you do, I'm sure, right? You really appreciate me talking like. That. I sound a little bit intense sometimes, so you just have to forgive me. I used to carry a gun. You wouldn't have liked to know me then, because I was intense. I'm just thankful I didn't get killed, or I didn't hurt anybody else. Not with that kind of a weapon, I didn't. Anyway. So Jesus knows how to help us, doesn't He? Let's go to Luke 12, and that's you're going to help me there, aren't you, Sister? computer head (laughs) I'm just teasing you honey I'm not trying to argue (laughs) Luke 12 verse 8 and 9 Uh, and so she's going to get that up when she can Luke 12 8 and 9 from the Amplified Classic thank you I'm still talking about what activates the angels and I told you this before, I'm going to tell you again, the Amphite Bible, I had to take Greek in seminary and Bible school. It's a very complicated language, got eight tenses. You only got three in English. We're just we're so easy here. <laughs> but anyway, they did that because God came at a certain time, and a lot of the New Testament stuff, you don't have to know Greek to be spiritual. But it doesn't help you if you, I mean, it doesn't hurt you to learn something. And I began to have an amplified classic back then from... Uh, No, they didn't recommend it in the school I went to, but I bought one, and I began to look things up, but also had a Greek New Testament (coughs) that I could look up things in, too. And every time I went to Amplified Classic in the New Testament, because that's Greek, it it said exactly what it said in the Greek New Testament. So I thought, wow, what a Bible. So that's why I'm saying, I tell you, whoever declares openly, speaking out freely, and confesses that he is my worshiper— and acknowledges me. Now let me talk to you about me here. Me here is Jesus. Or me here is Jesus. What is he in John one? 1? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. John 1, 14, And dwelt among us. It's talking about Jesus. So when you think about, when you see the word me, think, whoever acknowledges my Word, he is the Word. Before men, the Son of Man also will declare and confess and acknowledge him before The angels of God so see you still have to talk and he gets he's already in agreement with his word but when you speak that word then he's acknowledging you before the angels and they're they're distributed to work for you verse 9 but he who disowns and denies and rejects and refuses to acknowledge me the bible the word before men will be disowned and denied and see like that lady said i don't believe that i said well It's not a personal thing. I'm not offended you don't believe the Bible. I didn't write it. But it's going to hurt you, lady. Do you not see what I'm saying? You're you're arguing with me over the written Word of God out of Daniel 10, what I showed you a minute ago. But it says here, if you refuse to acknowledge me, the Bible, before men, they'll be disowned, denied, rejected, and refused acknowledgement in the presence of the angels of God. See, God gives you opportunity if you don't like what I've said or you're against it. I don't think you are. I think you're with me. You're very pleasant to preach to, especially your pastors. They act like they like me a little bit. (laughs) But see, you have to speak out, and Jesus already will endorse you when you speak the word before the angels. So... You could say, well, I don't have to talk to it." No, it says you, if you don't acknowledge the word of God and speak it, Lord, you're my refuge, you're my fortress, and the angels have charge over me today to keep me safe from all injury, harm, and destruction. Then Jesus acknowledges Michael's talking truth here, so he releases the angels to do what I just said. I have to speak it so it's not me out of the mix. I'm in here with him. But he's the high priest. Listen, in Hebrews 3 and 1, you don't look that, you look that up, sister, in the back. But Hebrews 3 and 1 says, he's the high priest of my confession of faith. Confession, confession of the Bible. This is the word of faith. But if I don't speak in line with this, then whatever I'm saying is not right. Then I get myself in trouble probably for, you know, talking contrary to the word. But that Luke passage is really powerful. When you, when you deny and reject and won't do that, you know I've had people say, I said, you need to say this. Well, I don't feel that way. That's why I'm asking you to say it so you'll quit feeling like you feel. Start feeling what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll tell this story. It's kind of funny. You don't mind, do you? Yeah. This, what day is this, Tuesday? <laughs> ah, come on. Okay. You have plenty of time tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was praying deliverance over some people. You know from evil spirits. Now, let me call her Mary, that's not her real name, but so I, I grabbed her by her head, and, and she was in the back with me, and there was another lady or two with me and from my church that I trusted him to work with me with the people I'm getting delivered, and another man named Dale tillett has been with me forty some years. So I grabbed Mary by the head, I said, "Come out of her in the name of Jesus." and I stepped back, and that spirit came right out of her. He gave me a dirty look when he saw me there, this evil spirit. And then he walked about three feet and he turned right back around and went right back into her. I said, Mary, you got a problem. No, I don't. I said, yeah, you do. Listen to the way you're talking back to me. I saw the Spirit come out of you at my command, but he went back in because you've got an issue with somebody. You're bearing some kind of bitterness or resentment towards somebody. Why don't you just fess it up? Either that or you could just go right on home because I ain't got time to play with you about this tonight. Either tell me who it is and how I can help you, or just go on and leave the church tonight, come back when we have church again. You'll be all right as long as you don't bug me in the service. If you do that, I'll have you thrown out. But I'm telling you what I just saw with my own eyes, because I operate in discerning of spirits. I wouldn't have seen that if I hadn't had that gift operate. Are you listening? So I said, you must have left the door open, because he just walked right back into you. Well, it's my husband. I said, "Did he hurt you? Did he beat you up? Did he molest you? Sure. What are you? What is your deal?" No, he didn't do any of the above. I said, "Then you just need to forgive him, or take your devil and go home, because that's what you're going to do if you don't get this cleared up." Okay, what's it going to be, sister? And She said, "Well, I'll pray with you." Okay, Father, and I just said just say this with me, Father, I forgive my husband. Amen. And when she said Amen, that spirit came out that time, gave me a really dirty look, and just had to keep on walking. I went (laughs) and got him out. Because, see, when you have resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness, I said, well, you need to go home and figure this out with him. You know, everything I mentioned, you said he did not do to you. I don't know what your your problem is. You're a hateful lady. And you need to forgive your husband if you want to be delivered. And so we got her delivered. I just thought that's an interesting story. I got some really... Make your hair stand up like you got a burr haircut sometime. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I got to get on down with it. I got a couple more scriptures. We got a couple more scriptures. Yeah, I always have a couple more. Remember? Back pockets, sock, in this ear. I got one rolled up. (laughs) Psalm 103. (laughs) I'm going to let you go. I really am. Psalm 103, verse 19 and 20. And this is the same uh, passage I shared with you. I, I don't know what day it was. had it been Sunday morning or Monday night. But where I said, you know, verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. The angels are benefits. Remember, Wayman said of Hebrews 1.14. But you go on down to verse 20, and it says, Bless the Lord, ye His angels, that excel, or the Hebrew says, are mighty in strength, that do His commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word the angels hearken and hearken means to hear and to do it doesn't mean just hear it they hear it and they do what you say and uh let me show you something here in the word voice in the hebrew there this is what this word means to call aloud so i need to speak it out loud whatever i'm thinking it's based on the word i need to speak it out loud and it says here the last word is word in verse twenty, the voice of his word, the word word there says the spoken word. Yeah. so we're saying that I have to speak out loud and put a voice to the scriptures for them to operate through me. Are you listening yeah. so so let's so let me read it again. Bless the Lord ye his angels that excel in strength that do his commandments or do his words, hearkening unto the voice of his word. so let's go over to second Timothy. Real quickly, chapter four, and I'm just about done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, chapter four and verse eighteen, and and I want you to find that passage and then look up at me when you get it all settled, where we could talk to you in a minute. I'm talking about Second Timothy four, verse eighteen. Now I got a mic on. Where's that? It's alive. I mean, it's active. So I'm going to see what we got here. You ready? One, two, three. It must be this side of the church. It's not working. It'll probably work over here a little better, right? One, two, three. No, there's no voice. There's no voice in your Bible until you speak it. But when I say the Lord shall deliver me, I'm quoting this verse, from every evil work, and He will... Preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever. So when I say that I put a voice of his word out in the atmosphere and the angels are listening for that. And they say well, we better keep ready to keep him safe. Keep her safe. Keep the people safe that say that. See, It's not complicated. It's not heady. It's just doing something simple like that. And that there's a lot of other scriptures. 2 Timothy 1 7. How's that God's not giving me a spirit of fear of power and love and a sound mind. and Sometimes you can get intimidated even though you do have faith. Sometimes things happen around you that want to intimidate you. Yeah. So, but yeah. you have to just cast that fear down and take that verse and begin to speak it out. God's given, not given me a spirit of fear, so I refuse it. But you give me a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And then I quote the Amplified in that passage, a calm and well-balanced mind I have. I remember when my daughter, they diagnosed her with a brain tumor. I think that was 15 years ago. She had three boys, three little boys, all young then. And they had to operate on her. And the doctor said, you know, when to get done with you, I was, you know, her husband, she was married to my son-in-law at the time, and (coughs) said you may not be able to use the restroom normal, you may not be able to eat food normal, you may not be able to talk, you may not be able, you may just die on the table because there's a huge tumor in your brain and it's connected to a lot of nerves and stuff that are running through the tumor, and I gotta try to figure out how to get all that out that's got other stuff running through it without messing you up. He was just a very straightforward, he operated on my wife too before she passed away, but I couldn't help her, but anyway. So we just prayed for my daughter and she came through it, and they said it was gonna be a 12-hour surgery because you're in the brain, gotta cut your head open and cut her from above this ear to this ear right across the top and took out everything they could take out there that they thought was problem. It was not a cancerous tumor, but it was giant tumor. They had, a uh, what do you call it, an MRI of it, and we put it on the PowerPoint. It was one quarter, of the, one quarter of her brain was the tumor. That's how big it was. So he said, you know, it'll probably take 12 hours. I don't know. He's a wonderful doctor. But she came through it, and <laughs> she, the doctor came out and said, y- uh, your daughter would like to see you and her husband. Go back and see her. And my daughter said, Dad, I only see one of you. She was seeing double. That's how we knew something was wrong up there. And I said, you need to go see my eye doctor because you're driving a car with three little boys in it and you can't function like that very long. Anyway, she's still alive, doing well. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, if you just give me two minutes, I want to do one last thing. <laughs> it involves the Bible. Go with me to John 12, John, John's Gospel, chapter 12. We'll look at verse 49 and 50, and then we'll go over to John 14 and 30 from the Amplified Classic when we get to that. But let's look at John. talking to you about words here, how important they are. John 12, (coughs) verse 49 and 30, Jesus said, I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, He gave me a commandment, what I should say, and what I should speak. And I know that His commandment is life, so He's telling us there, Jesus only speaks life. Life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. So just remember that. If you'll just train yourself as you're thinking about talking sometimes, I know that's kind of complicated maybe. Uh, but you remember to speak what you need to say, not what you feel like sometimes. You know, I sleep in all kinds of beds. I travel full-time. I'm going to be in three different beds by the time I get home. I've been in this hotel over here, and there's one in Merced I'll be in. There's one up in Fresno where I'll stay when I'm going over to Clovis. And, you know, they've got all kinds of beds, some good, some not so good. But I just get out of bed and say, Father, thank you for a good night's sleep. I thank you my, I, I'm healed and whole. My body is rested, my back is healed, <laughs> if I've been in a funky bed sometimes. Anyway, but talk to yourself and, talk, and make sure you're speaking life to things. Now, let's go to John 14 and verse 30. This is such a powerful scripture. I just had to share this with you. I just had to. <laughs> you guys gave me time with you today, and I appreciate it. I will, and this is Jesus, and remember, he only speaks life. He said, I will not talk with you much more, for the prince, the evil genius, the ruler of the world is coming. Who's that? The devil. And he, now watch this, he has no claim on me. No claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There's nothing in me that belongs to him, and he has no power over me. See, words give the devil power over you. You know, I've been a pastor a long time. Some people, you know, they were married 25 years ago and they still hate their ex-mate. Ex-ma- and I, they would come to me and i said, "Well, why did you get married to another girl or another woman when you left your first wife and you, you hated her? Why would you bring all that into new marriage? What's wrong with you? Or is she was a woman? I said, some women always marry the wrong kind of men. Now, if you're a woman, you ought to listen to me. Don't marry the wrong guy. Just wait until you get the right guy. But some people marry the wrong guy. They married him four different times. Not the same man, but the same kind of man. Same kind of woman. And they wonder why their life's so... Okay, I'll try to be considerate. Screwed up. They marry the same type of person. But you could change a lot by the way you speak. And if you align your vocabulary up, roll that back to the other part of this verse for me, please. Thank you. He says, he, he's talking about the devil. He has no claim on me. If I don't give him words to work with, he can't function against me. He might put a thought to me, but I'm not going to let him build a nest in my head. You know, that's what Brother Hagan said. I'm not going to let him stay there and try to fight me. I just keep speaking the word. Of course, after you speak it, and, speak it and, sp- and continue to speak it, it gets easier. He has nothing in common with me. I'm not doing anything he tells me to do. There's nothing in me that belongs to him. And he has no power. <laughs> there you go. Over me. No power. Think about Jesus. He has no power. Over me, and he was, listen, in his right sense... He was a man. Jesus was the man that was anointed by the Holy Ghost. He walked in the Old Covenant. That's a tremendous scripture. It's really good. Now, I want you to stand up with me a minute. And I want to minister to some of you. Uh, if you'd like me to, I'd like to. We have anointing for teeth problems, mouth problems, gum problems, things like that. And so I'm going to start with that first. If you have anything wrong with your teeth or your gums or that little <laughs> joint back there, I think it's called TMJ when that clicks all the time. Come on up and I'll pray for you if you'd like me to. Have an anointing for that, that's why I'm saying it this way. Hallelujah. All right. So what what is happening with your mouth? Does, kind of- Does it crack when you do that? Okay. Father, I pray for this mouth. <laughs> to be healed in the name of Jesus. Let it be so, Father. Anoint her with fresh oil in Jesus' name. You too? I'm sorry? I couldn't understand you. Okay, with your teeth and stuff. Guns. And your face. Okay, Father, we pray for her to be healed of this in the name of Jesus right now. We release our faith. Your anointing goes into her To make her whole. Lift your hands up to him a minute, please. Father, we thank you for your anointing flowing to her. And there it comes again through my hand. You feel that heat? That's going into your face and into your head. I command her to be healed in Jesus' name right now. And we thank you for it. There it is, anointing's on you. Yeah. And your part is to just say thank God the power of God's working in my face. Got it? (laughs) Okay, thank you. All right, now I want you to listen to the other thing. If you want to be refreshed, I will lay my hands on you. I have anointing in there. I, it's in my prophecies Dr. Devrain gave me. I think Pastor Dennis might have been with me in Lima, Peru. He got me, slapped my hands one time. He said, you got refreshing in your hands, Michael. So you may be sick. It may not be that. You come on up here. I'll lay hands on you. Anointing will go into you to refresh you. If you would like that, you don't have to come. <laughs> you know? hey that's the that's right response I'm coming she said <laughs> praise the Lord receive that in the name of Jesus receive that refreshing pastor receive that pastor Dennis receive that pastor receive that pastor, <laughs> receive that, pastor. anointing come on him, in the name of Jesus receive that refreshing on you fresh and anew to move on you and help you bless you touch you and change you, refreshing on you mom refreshing on you in the name of, lift your hands to him a minute, father we thank you for the refreshing coming on this young lady in the name of Jesus refreshing on you in the name of Jesus come on you now by the power of the Holy Ghost, we thank you for it father hallelujah thank you for coming be refreshed in the name of Jesus let that move in you, in the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah praise God Anointing move on you, sister. A refreshing comes on you. Refreshing from my hands by the Spirit of God goes into you now to minister to you the name of Jesus. Okay? Refreshing comes into you in the name of Jesus. So refresh, encourage, help you, heal you, minister to you, you too, my sister. In the name of Jesus, receive that refreshing in Jesus' name. I command anything that's been arrayed against you, I command it to loose you now and come out and go from you. In the name of Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. In the name of Jesus, come out. Every bit of that broken off your life. And there it goes right there. In the name of Jesus, I say refreshing to her. In Jesus' name. Praise God. All right. Hello, Pastor. Praise God. Refreshing come on you in the name of Jesus refreshing come on you ma'am in the name of jesus by the power of the living god to move up stand up come out in the name of jesus in the gifts of the spirit power of god the anointing of god on all these men and women i pray in jesus name by the power of the holy ghost we thank you for it refreshing come on them in the name of Je- refreshing come on her in the name of jesus we thank you for it father and your part is to say that you know as you're walking away there's a young lady, 13 years old, right? Say, said, I remembered your face. <laughs> Have an anointing come on you there, honey, in Jesus' name. Anointing come on you in the name of Jesus. Praise that anointing to flow into your body and into your mind. And you too, the anointing will move on you and refresh you and encourage you and embrace you in the name of Jesus. Now just remember, if there's something going on in your body, just receive the healing too. In the name of Jesus, refreshing goes into him, Father, to minister to him. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Refreshing comes on you, young man. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for him. We lift him up to you, Father, that a refreshing come on him right now, in the name of Jesus, and help him. Help him as a young man to continue to walk in your ways, Father. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Refreshing to come on you. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the living God, in Jesus' name. Refreshing come on you, sir, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the living God. Refreshing come on you, young man, in the name of Jesus, to equip you and help you, refresh you, in the name of Jesus. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, is this your son? Yeah. Father, I pray you catch him up. You know how to catch people up in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that taking place right now, an impartation to catch him up in his schooling, catch him up in the way he's thought, and catch it, give him a new beginning, as it were, about things he needs to comprehend quickly. And we ask for it in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, you are catching him up in Jesus' mighty name by the power of the living God. There you go. about you what's he need you know not anything specific father we thank you for this young man pray for refreshing to be on him and I pray for all these people that I've laid hands that their relationship with you will be even greater more intimate more powerful and you're going to speak to them too to help them know what to do and when to do that and all that in the name of Jesus we thank you for it hallelujah okay you wake with me buddy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> father we thank you for catching him up in the name of Jesus now come on I'm trying to help you here I'm trying to help you listen, listen to me a minute father bless him take authority over anything that's disturbed him in the name of Jesus and command it to come out of him in the name of Jesus you're getting delivered you know that you're getting delivered Good delivery is, I'm telling you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, we did what we did, and everybody came that needed to. Thank you for receiving me this weekend or weekdays or whatever we've done. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor. Love you.